Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardawar. I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe. And today we're joined by one of our furious competitors, one of our worst enemies and arch nemesis, Alex Kranz from Gizmodo. Hey, Alex. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited, (laughs) even though I keep introducing myself over and over and over again. It's all right. It's all right. What is your official title? My official title is Senior Consumer Tech Editor. So, so Alex, me, and you know Valentina from the podcast as well at the Young Gadget Team. We all used to work together, so we're all basically family, despite not working for the same publication. It's true. It's Aww. absolutely true. We we ignore each other at holidays. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we talk a lot of trash to each other in text. It's just like having more siblings. That's fun. The love is still there. I honestly do find like the people I come up with, uh, you know, in tech writing and everything, they're they're your friends for the long term, basically, no matter if they like it or not. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're just bound together for life. So, Alex, we brought you here to talk about Microsoft's new Surface, I don't know, Bonanza, Surface Palooza, like mm-hmm. just a crap There was ton. a lot of stuff. So much stuff. We've got the Surface Go 2, the Surface Book 3, the earbuds are finally coming, the headphones too, and some smaller stuff too, like the uh, there's a new dock that I haven't really talked much about. Same. But a whole bunch of stuff. Let's start with the Surface Go 2. You're reviewing this one at Gizmodo. What do you, like, how are you liking it? And first of all, what's different? Yeah. Like, it's not that much, right? It's mm. not that much. No, I was talking with some of my some of the people at Gizmodo yesterday about it, and they're like, yeah. "What is it? Why do I care? What's changed?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, it's a bigger screen, but the same chassis, so smaller bezels. Yeah. That's cool." And they're like, "Is it? It's like, it's no. like a slightly bigger <laughs> screen, slightly yeah. bigger screen. It's now a, re- a true 1920. I think before it was like yeah. 1880. So ever so slightly bigger. Uh, also optional LTE." Which is nice. That gets me excited. It can be configured with a slightly better CPU than last time, right? Yeah, yeah. So it starts with this this 8th gen Pentium. I don't know know if it's called 8th gen, but it starts with this Pentium processor. Yeah, there are no generations. It's just Pentium Pro. Yeah, it's just Pentium. Pentium Gold. And it is a slightly newer architecture than the Pentium Gold in the last one. Correct. Yeah. But and an 8th Gen Core th- M3, which is, is nice. That, yeah. That's not the one they sent me, though. They sent me their their top-of-the-line <laughs> one, which is probably like $1,000. No, $1, of course. You know, the... This is how they do it. Yeah. Like, so... all these companies, like, they'll have the cheap spec, and then they'll send us, like, the, the higher one, so our benchmarks are better, and we're like, oh, this computer's fine. 
Except no, that may not always be true, right? Yeah, they did the same thing last time because last time they sent you the Pentium, mm -hmm. but they sent you the eight gigabyte, not the four gigabytes yep. of RAM. So mm -hmm. that's not a really true representation <laughs> of their big budget $500 computer. And, <laughs> like, I don't, okay, thank you. It's still neat. Like, I, I still love this device despite the like reviews program shenanigans, you know? Like, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. though this one has an M3 in it, and eight gigabytes of RAM and 120 gigabytes yeah. uh, SSD storage. Wonderful. I love it. Yeah. But probably way more expensive <laughs> than you would ever want to spend on a Windows mm. 10 tablet. Right, right. I mean, putting putting this in context, we are reviewing the $730 SKU. Yeah. Which is uh, almost twice the price of the entry-level $400 mm. model. And uh, let, let me remind our listeners, as is true for every Surface device, you got to buy another keyboard. You got to buy the keyboard separately. So that is $100 at yes. the bare minimum. Do you want the Surface Pen? You want some style support? That's another $115. Yeah. So it adds up really quickly. 730 is just mm -hmm. the, the tablet itself. So with yep. the keyboard, that's 830. And then with yep. the pen, it's 945. Yep. But right, keep going. here is the thing that has me a little like <laughs> hesitant to completely blow up Windows thing or Microsoft's mm -hmm. thing and yell at them a whole lot. A little mm -hmm. cranky, yeah. But Apple and the iPad, right? Right. The, sure, the, the sure. iPad Pro is is what seven hundred dollars. Yeah, but this is and like then the to iPad get a Pro. good keyboard yeah. case for it is another three hundred. This is not an iPad Pro competitor, right? That is what the Surface Pro is for. This is like a a bot a normal. Oh iPad. no, it's like a regular would, baby iPad. Yeah, I would a hundred percent because <laughs> the iPad. You know, I've been using mine a whole lot. As uh -huh. I got the case, like. Like my, my colleague, Caitlin McGarry, said, no, get the case. I've heard really great things about it. <laughs> I haven't even started reviewing it yet, but get the case. Go ahead and buy it. And so like m my dumbass was like, oh, and everything is terrible right now. COVID-19, whatever. I'm going to go ahead and splurge and do some retail therapy. <laughs> and a, I loved it. Case, okay. I adore it. I have significant issues with it. And I'll blog about them. You can read them on gizmodo.com. But uh -huh. <laughs> after visiting engadget.com, yeah, please. first yeah, just just come on. Take take that out of the URL bar. Put start typing G, you'll get to us. It's gonna be great. But I really, really like um the iPad Pro and that whole setup. But it's still, it's really nice. It's not professional. Yeah. Like I'm not getting a whole, you know, Airtable doesn't work in it. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't, Airtable, very professional. Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff that doesn't work very well in it. Most CMSs don't work well in that browser, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think about the same thing, I feel the same way kind of about the Surface Go because it's so low power, right? Because you're still not, you're not going to be doing a whole lot of, you're going to be doing the same kind of work in both the Go and the, the iPad Pro. Would, would the, <laughs> would think. the Go have, like, isn't the Pro's, processor better than the Go's though yeah the, the ipad pro That's is it's tricky i feel it like. is so it is so much faster no i'm, I'm gonna have to stop you You're right there oh, Alex, okay. because because <laughs> we do know like the ipad pro is that is thing even though it's a mobile processor right, right. Like, that thing is kind of a powerhouse it is meant to like be chunking along with like video encoding and things like that like it can do real work this one can't 
This thing can barely run multiple tablets. So the thing tablets. is, theoretically, the iPad Pro can do real work. But how yeah. many people, like, <laughs> what are the, what are the, what's the professional software edit people are using? There's no, there's no, like, really high quality video editor in there. There's like, yeah, I can get some video editing done. Yeah. But if I you're going to be, movie, could you do that on the go? Could you do that on the go, you, too? You, 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 you can't barely either. Play you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, that's, so that's my thing. It's like, you're not really yeah. going to be doing a bunch of video <laughs> editing on an iPad Pro, even though it's got this, like, amazing yeah. processor that Tim Cook goes but, and talks ad nauseum about yeah. how wonderful it is. I would I would say for at least what we're comparing to, I think the main, like the normal iPad is the main one and not even the iPad Air. I would Just say the, the, the $329. $300. Yeah. Yeah. That iPad with a keyboard case, like that gets you in the relative space of the Surface Go. And yeah, you could do a little typing. You have a lot of apps to use. Like to me, that is directly competitive. I do think Apple is doing the better job here, right? Because the, oh. the base iPad is um it's lighter you know it's thinner you could do more with it's a better tablet and my thing is uh windows 10 as much as i like it as a desktop os as a tablet os it is not good you know there aren't there are barely any good apps in the microsoft store certainly few that will actually work well in tablet orientation so yeah they're just not doing well on the software front and i think that what that what that means, mm-hmm. though, is that like if you're buying the baby regular iPad, you can buy it straight as a tablet, not get the keyboard and still have yeah. a very good product, whereas the yep. go-to requires that you buy the keyboard for it to be anything useful. My Go arrived before my keyboard yesterday, <laughs> and I was trying to set it up, and oh. I was like, this is miserable. Oh, this is I feel your pain. Yeah. I didn't want to do anything after that. I was like, okay, it's set yeah. up. I'm done with it. You gotta plug in like a. You have here. to plug in a keyboard if you can, yeah. like some other way. But so, what are your what are your initial thoughts, Alex? Like, did you review the last go? What did you think I the last one? Did. Does this one feel better for you? I did, and you know the things I felt about the last go, I still feel about this one. I love the build quality of it mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to a lot. It, you know, if we ignore the the Apple side of things, right, and we're mm-hmm. we're looking just yeah. at like Windows. I love the build quality of it compared to a lot of that stuff you see in that price range. It is the best Windows tablet or even Windows laptop in that range. Yeah, yeah, I strongly Mm -hmm. believe that because, you know, you can sometimes get some $500 Windows laptops that have a real processor in them. But for the most Mm -hmm. part, you still are working with M3s and Pentiums. You're working in the same Mm -hmm. space that the Go's already in. Mm -hmm. But those computers are also a lot bigger. They have a lot uglier. Like the screens may be bigger. But they're not pretty. Mm-hmm. And the typing experience isn't going to be good. You're going to get a lot of keyboard flex. Battery life is going to be middling. Mm. And then this little compact, nice looking guy, it just you're spending the same amount of money and you're getting a smaller machine, but you're also like have some quality to it. It feels right, nice. Right. Mm. But I, I would I would say that's true if you're strictly looking at five hundred dollar and under laptops. Yes. But I do feel like once you start piling on the Surface accessories, like we've been talking about, <laughs> you know, you can get you can get, you can get a one. two a three year old Ultrabook, like an older XPS that's refurbished or something, for between five hundred and seven hundred bucks, and have yeah. a really nice computer, and it's going to be a little heavier. You know, it's going to be this thing is like um one point two one point three pounds with just a tablet with the keyboard, it's like a half pound more. So this is altogether under two pounds. Maybe you'll you'll have to live with a three pound ultra portable, but I think you'd have a computer that you can use a lot more. Uh, let me let me just dive into some impressions here. Like to me, this feels um, weirdly no different than the last one, right? Because mm. the heart the the case is exactly the same. It is nice to have a slightly bigger screen. Uh, it gives web pages and things more room to breathe. But yeah, there's no real difference. And I really began to like I don't know. It, it really got my goat. 
when <laughs> I, I figured I was re- I was testing the Core M3 model, like the top of the line. But at the end of the day, the $400 model um, still has a Pentium Gold CPU, still has four gigabytes of RAM, slow eMMC memory, which is even slower than like SSD. That's basically flash drive yeah. memory. It is like a junker. It's a junker for 400 bucks, And then you still have to put on the the $100 keyboard case um, for something that slow. Like it just seems like Microsoft is not giving people a decent value at 400 bucks. Like as nice as the build quality is, I don't, I, I feel bad for anybody buying that model. You really got to step up to the $500 model to get the core M3, which feels a little better as a CPU at least. Yeah. I, you mm-hmm. know, I totally agree. Actually, I, I do agree. I, I think that it is kind of junk. And then I remember that Microsoft with their, their hardware play all these years has mm-hmm. been like, we want to take over. We want to do what Apple does. And like, premium, yeah. this is the most yeah. Apple move <laughs> it to is. be like $500 Pentium <laughs> processor. Come on, guys. Build quality is uh. worth it. Like total <laughs> Apple things. I'm like, well, you know, you're, you're doing it. I don't know I, who's going to buy it, but you're doing it. I was about to shout out because I always have to play the Google Devil's Advocate here, but I was about to shout out some like Chromebooks just when y'all were talking like five hundred dollars to even, get you. Don't I was like, even. no, I was like the Pixel books are the most overpriced no. thing in the history of things. So like, I love it. They're all like, this is this is our like mar- our, our landmark budget device, seven hundred dollars, like or a thousand dollars for the original Pixel book. Like fuck off. Oh. I saw. Yeah. Ah. I still love the Pixel book though. I adore it that machine. Beautiful. I broke mine. <laughs> I was trying to put Fuchsia on it. The, the you know the Google's yeah. homegrown operating system. I don't know what I did. I keep looking at it, being like, "Oh, I got to figure out what I did to you. I've got to figure out how I can boot Chrome back on this thing." And then I just stick it back in a drawer every time I stare at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me bring it back to Surface here. Like I do think. <laughs> Come back for, to for surface. me, the Surface Go, the Surface Go two thing, and that seems like my overlying feeling with this new hardware from Microsoft. It's just like an overlying feeling of disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what it is. We are two years since the launch of the Surface Go, three years since the launch of the Surface Book two, and the follow ups just aren't that great. Mm-hmm. And the PC market, I think, has evolved quite a bit since then too. So, yeah, it just feels like Microsoft is not giving people enough. Um, I I will say this. Listeners, I've definitely heard from a lot of people that you like the idea of the Surface Go. How would you change the Surface Go 2? What would be your ideal tiny Windows laptop? Shoot us an email at podcastandgadget.com. We may read some of your suggestions on the air. I want to know what people are thinking, though, because this is a really interesting space. And, yeah, nobody has really perfected it outside of maybe Apple and the iPad. And it really took them a while, too, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Windows has a long – Microsoft has a long way to go with their tablet operating system. Windows and Chrome both have this problem where they're having a hard time finding that mix of good desktop and mobile software experiences. I will say, though, that, like, the Surface series has Mm -hmm. been so emulated, like – yeah. Microsoft was doing such a good job. They became industry standard. They became the benchmark to go after for that for that particular design and form factor, but then still can't figure out the OS. Mm-hmm. And now it's making such bad choices with the processors, the bundling, the pricing that like, honestly, yeah, you got to step it up, Microsoft. Like, I would it. say the biggest compliment to Microsoft's whole hardware strategy is that Apple pretty much just stole the idea. Yeah. Like the new keyboard is just it is a surface. It has, you know, tilts the screen in a different way, but it is very surface like. 
I, I just think like, okay, maybe you couldn't put in a faster CPU. Maybe you couldn't put in more RAM or whatever. Give us the freaking keyboard. For, just yeah. put the keyboard together with the computer. It's the two, they haven't even changed the keyboard. It is the same exact oh, keyboard Lord. as two years ago. And it feels good. It's nice to type on, but it's also a two-year-old keyboard. So clearly that thing is cheaper for you to make now, right? Or it should be. Um, that should just be there with the $400. It should be there with every single Go, to Absolutely. be honest, in every single Surface. Yeah. So that is, They've got to thing. stop doing that. That's yeah. their it's thing. It's super that's, annoying. It separates them from all the other kind of Windows 2-in-1s because everybody else is like, yep. and we threw in a keyboard, unlike <laughs> Microsoft. Like, Microsoft, this is such an easy thing for you to solve. Yeah. Oh, Give us a they, keyboard. Well, they want, they want the beauty of, like, the lower price. They, they want, like, a nice price to put on the sticker box even though it feels like it's a lie it's a lie to consumers i get angry every time i look at it and every time i have to like explain to people like yeah. oh i could just get this computer for four hundred dollars i'm like no you, you gotta have a hundred dollars more for the keyboard and any you want the pen that's more too and that's kind of where they're going here let's move on to the surface book three i really like the surface book two i, I like the lineup you know overall because it's a really cool idea it is a powerful laptop a workhorse machine like the MacBook Pro, but you can hit a button, detach the screen, use the screen as like a giant tablet or flip it around and like just use the keyboard base as like a, you know, a way to stand it up. But it's really unique and I really enjoyed the Surface Book 2. Now we've got the Surface Book 3. Design-wise, nothing has changed. This is a straight up CPU and video card bump. It now has Intel's 10th gen CPUs, uh, the quad core variants, and uh, updated NVIDIA GPUs. I believe it's the 1660 Ti by yes. default. Yeah. Um, there, um, there is also Iris Plus graphics, so you That's can buy Surface inch. Book Three. Yeah, yeah, you can buy Surface Book Three with Iris Plus, and uh, there, there's like RTX Quadro on the 15 inch, which is a nice option. But that's it. At the minimum, that'll cost you $3,500. And Microsoft is also listing the RTX graphics under their commercial SKUs. So that means that's not something most people are going to have access okay. to. I think you're going to have to buy in a special way. For consumers, uh, the 15-inch tops out at 1660 Ti. So these are expensive computers. The Surface Book 13-inch starts at $1,700 with a Core i5 CPU, 8 gigabytes of RAM, 128 gigabyte SSD, and integrated graphics. The 15-inch model starts at $2,300 with a Core i7, 16 gigabytes of RAM, 256 gigabyte SSD, and the 1660 Ti. These are going up against the MacBook Pro. I have a complaint, I guess, about how Microsoft is positioning all this, but Alex, do you have any any broad thoughts about the Surface Book 3 at this point? Yeah, you know, I was happy that they did the spec bump, and I'm happy that mm -hmm. they went with those 10 nanometer ice lake parts. They didn't go with Intel's lie 10th generation <laughs> 14 nanometer 14 parts, nanometer parts that are yeah. like five years old at this point. So I was, I was happy that they went with the ice lake, but yeah, the ice price, lake is not a powerful chip. Like that's the problem. It's right? only a little. You know, I think the the real beauty of the ice lake and why I adore yeah. it because I do really really like it is the GPU on it, the integrated graphics, mm -hmm. the Iris mm -hmm. yeah. graphics plus, wonderful, mm -hmm. really really good, really showing that yeah. Intel's thinking about this and maybe actually making some efforts in the space. But on a device like this, you're only getting that on the 13 inch. You're you don't you're not yeah. even using that on on the higher end 13, and certainly not on the 15 inch. So mm -hmm. it feels like okay, you couldn't put an HK in there. You couldn't put a little something a little beefier. I, I guess not mm -hmm. because everything is in the the monitor side. 
of the device, right? Like all the guts of it are yeah. in that monitor. So I, I get why they were like, oh, we're going to go with our, our lower power processor. Well, and to but, be clear, it, it has to be in the monitor, too, because it's a detachable. So, yeah, like, the exactly. tablet still has to keep running, right? So exactly. the processor has to and be there. You yeah. look at it like that, you're like, you know, it's it's kind of neat. It's neat that they put mm-hmm. something like this, and they're putting a 1660 Ti mm-hmm. into some, you know, just a slab of glass. That's that's cool. That's it's really not, it's cool. Not it's, six, it's not in the it's glass. Not in so the let, me, let me explain yeah. how the Surface Book works, because this gets to the heart of... Of my argument. Yes. So all the Surface Books, right? The Surface Book, it is a powerful, you know, uh, laptop, but it also needs to work as a tablet. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Microsoft has to put the CPU inside the screen area, mm-hmm. right? Like right. it has to be in the detachable part. The standalone GPU, the more powerful GPU, is always in the keyboard base. So what happens is when you detach it, you're on integrated graphics on the screen. You plug it in. You have your faster graphics. You have a bigger battery. That's kind of how that separation works. There's actually mm-hmm. a lot of data being transferred between the screen and the keyboard as soon as you attach it. So it's a really unique idea. The problem I'm finding is that uh, the Surface Book 3 is limited to just quad-core CPUs, those 10th gen, 10 nanometer parts, which cannot compete with what we're seeing on the MacBook Pro and really, literally, any other powerful Windows computer right now. Especially like the in that Pro price range. Inch, Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that price range, the MacBook Pro uh, 16 inch, you've got six core CPU options, you've got eight core CPU mm-hmm. options, and those things are super powerful. When we reviewed the 16 inch MacBook Pro, that thing blew away most other PCs, especially when it came to compute performance. And that wasn't just down to a good GPU, that was the processor being very, very powerful. And mm-hmm. yeah, the, so the thing is, Microsoft just can't compete. Because its CPUs have to be behind the screen. They can't cool it as much. You know, they can't have a powerful processor. And that's that's a problem. All this because Microsoft wants to keep making this a detachable tablet, right? So, like, then when you... Yeah. The thing is that when you take it out of the keyboard base, now you're relegated to integrated graphics. You're left mm-hmm. with, like, much less battery. So you don't even have that much of a long-lasting tablet to begin with. So, like, what's really It's also the point? really uncomfortable as a tablet, right? The 13-inch is, is huge. The 15-inch is Good hilarious. Lord. Hilarious to use as a tablet. Why even make, I don't know. Yeah. Why yeah. even make that thing a detachable anymore? Like, if you yeah. want fully powerful things that compete with the likes of the MacBook Pros, don't make it a tablet. Like, who's who's video editing on a tablet with that yeah. much power? Aha, so basically, exactly. Who video edits yeah. on a tablet? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Although with the iPad Pro, you could. And iMovie is there. There are things uh. there. But I will say so. Microsoft banked on the Surface Book to be this like unique thing. And I think the engineering is fantastic and amazing. Exactly. Like they prove they can make it work with the Book 2. Now they're in a part where, you know, they're in a place where the CPUs have gotten much more powerful. You need a lot more power, a lot more cooling to keep up with the competition. They cannot do it. Mm. They literally can't do it with this current configuration. So I actually have a question. Do uh-huh. you think that these 10 nanometer Ice Lake four core processors were always meant to be the processors in the Surface Book 3. Because we know Intel's had a lot of delays, Mm. right? (laughs) Like, they are way behind their roadmap. Maybe, you know, and I think we saw this Mm -hmm. with a lot of computers last year and the year before that, there were these really cool Mm -hmm. devices that were supposed to have much more powerful processors in them. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of reminds me of that. It reminds me of the MacBook Air. It reminds me of that that leather folio from HP, mm. which I were just it. really great engineering, but didn't make sense because the processor was so wimpy. 
Mm-hmm. And I keep mm-hmm. I feel the same way about this. Maybe this was supposed to have a much more powerful processor in it, and mm-hmm. Intel just couldn't keep up like they had been. Yeah, it's tough to tell. I will say, despite Intel's problems, I do think it's Microsoft's issue right now. Because yeah. the, the Surface Book, like the Surface Book 2, that screen is so thin. It is astounding. They could like plug in a CPU and everything there. But I feel like that was the upper echelon. That was like as much as they could ring mm-hmm. from that design. I They definitely can't do this the next go around uh, with the Book 3. I think they have to... Nobody wants a giant detachable screen. Mm-hmm. So I do think like they may have to swap over to like... Uh, one of the like two in one, you know, configurations, mm-hmm. like maybe something that bends over, um, that bends into like a tent formation or mm-hmm. a big tablet that way. But at least then you can have the CPU and the GPU like all together under the keyboard as uh, the computing gods intended. <laughs> I've got uh, an cool idea. Cool it all properly. Yeah. Ooh. What if they have a processor in the keyboard and then they also have the processor? up top oh, yeah. and so that's then a, you plug it in and it's like wah your your hair flies off and then you unplug yeah. it and you're wah wah but you can still do all that <laughs> tablet stuff that apparently people yeah. just love to do that's certainly possible i just yeah i i am thinking the tablet use case for the surface book does not exist it does, yeah i think that's that's the main problem <laughs> not for the Windows, 15 inch yeah not for the 15 inch and unless so. can you ask inch. your can you ask your mm-hmm. listeners who have Surface Books to to report it if they use the tablet yeah. version? Take a, picture, you take a picture with the tablet. Your Surface Book. Send us photos, although we can't really put that on the podcast. But you send us your experiences. Podcastandgadget.com. I've heard from people who really enjoy the Surface, but it's like a very particular class. It's I, like a creative class of person. It's not know, like a professional video my editor. My cousin or uses a Surface Book. Uh-huh. And <laughs> he his keyboard actually broke because he has a generation he has the Surface Book 1 and the yep. keyboard, you know, was they were constantly funky. disconnecting. Super funky. So he yeah. just doesn't have a keyboard at it. So he does actually wow. use it as a tablet sometimes. Usually because he it's uses broken. a Bluetooth keyboard though. <laughs> that is yeah, that's a great argument for Microsoft's decision making here. Surface Book 1 had a lot of issues. So I feel for anybody who's still running with that. I, uh, my I just poor have- cousin. Yeah, I just have one thing to say, which is that like we we've been complaining about the book three a lot. This thing, the last time they announced a Surface Book was in 2017. Mm-hmm. So this yep. thing has been three years in the making, and it's still so disappointing. I just feel Aww. like, what were you doing yeah. with all that time, waiting yeah. for Intel to to, <laughs> to catch up with yeah, some good problems? Maybe it feels like a weird tango where they're both like working at a different rhythm, right? And they probably missed each other. But they're also like each doing a completely different dance. Like I don't know, this metaphor works, right? Like it works. I think that's what's happening. It feels yeah, like I'm, I'm here for you it. see, you see like a very yeah a nice couple on the dance floor who just completely fails at making their whole like union work. Like it's a uh, it's kind of sad to see. It's like when I when I guess you're doing the cha 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 and your pa- partner goes cha cha <laughs> and one of them's supposed to go cha, but Microsoft was too busy doing the duo and was like, wait, hold up, hold up, I'll cha with you later. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're just so out of sync. It's so sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like I, I feel like Tyra Banks just being like, "I'm rooting for you guys. Come <laughs> on!" Like I've been rooting for you. Oh man, I, I want it. I, I want it because it's such a neat yeah. device. It's so like like it's like somebody just took a bong rip and was like, "Yeah, I got an idea." <laughs> and then Microsoft was like, "Go with it. Here's all the Go money in it. the world. Make this device yeah. that will Panos, only appeal Panos to people." Panos in his like Darth Vader lair, oh, God. just like make it so. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, it's neat, but it's also it's so, cool. so expensive and yeah. so not powerful enough for the price. 
I won't complain too much because, it, no, I will complain. I, I think with the Surface Book 2, I made a lot of excuses, or at least like I justified what Microsoft was doing because that one was vaguely, it was competitive. It was mm. fast compared to everybody else. It was fast. It was just a little more expensive. This one, we haven't benched it yet. I haven't had to touch it yet, but uh, just looking at the specs, it will never be as mm -hmm. fast as the MacBook Pro 16-inch and a lot of other competitors. Dell managed to put a six-core CPU into the XPS 13 last year. Yeah. The XPS 13, an Ultrabook. Yeah. And we can't even get that on the Surface Book 3. So I think that is like, it's a damning, damning thing. Um, I'm still yeah. going to blame Intel I, you know, I know, I, I, I like a lot of what Intel is doing right now. I like their, their, all their investment in graphics, but mm -hmm. they have just dropped the ball so many times oh, on have. the processor mm -hmm, side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think Microsoft was one of those people that was just unlucky. I bet there was like a really cool, <laughs> I bet next year Intel's going to be like, here's our really cool six core part that only sucks like 12 watts of power. Isn't it great? And Surface is going to be like, yeah, yeah, it is great. Thanks for having it a year late. Well, meanwhile, AMD is over here like, hey, guys, we got a... <laughs> We get a pretty efficient six core part. We got a we're up to twelve cores yeah. on the on the desktop, but you know, it like will melt the sun itself. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> keep it plugged it is in. More at all efficient. Times. It is more efficient than Intel's <laughs> like higher end chips. So like, yeah, we're we're in a really interesting place. Maybe we'll see some AMD powered surfaces. Uh, you know, next year we did with the Surface Laptop Three. Yeah. The fifteen inch had an AMD processor. It was nice. It was, it was nice. fine. It wasn't the best thing in the world. It was very nice. I just uh, like seeing AMD in a flagship device at the time. Yeah, yeah. And it I'm, is. We're seeing more of that this year. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what AMD does. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to see it just drink all of Intel's milkshake. <laughs> but that poor little Surface Book. I just want to be like, oh, God. Poor cry. Surface Book. No, that poor giant Surface Book, <laughs> which is also heavier <laughs> than everybody else because of the freaking hinge. Like, it is... Oof. There's so many things working against I it at this point. Dread so I dread anytime I have to put that thing in my bag. Yep. The 15-inch is like a brick. I had to travel to L.A. with that when I was reviewing the book, two. It was such a it, – it was a huge pain. But anyway, book three, we are – I think Outlook not so good, but I'm going to be reviewing that next week. Check in for that. My Surface Go 2 review should be landing tomorrow, I think. I don't know. We actually brought Alex in here to delay her review so yeah. we can all like <laughs> – Mine is going up next week. I want to spend some time with it. I want to see how it goes. I want to like battery test it. And I always forget to battery test it until the last minute. Yeah. So, same. I, yeah. I, I played with my iPad more than the Surface Go last night though. I mean, speaking of Apple, really quick, the MacBook Pro <laughs> reviews are up this week. I mean, you can check out our impressions on Engadget.com. Don't no, It's okay. You, you can see ours next week at gizmodo.com. Yeah. We're and always a week late because we spend more time with it. No, oh, sure. No, um, that's totally great. I was going to totally say, great. yeah, no, but I was going to say, I mean, like, it sounds like the Surface Book 3 wants to compete with the MacBook Pro a little bit. Mm -hmm. So honestly, if you want to make your decision, you still have some time, read all the reviews that are out there, whatever publication they're on, and then and, and then yeah. figure out how to spend your money. That's it. That's all the I'm best say. advice I'd say is wait a month after the reviews <laughs> too, to see if like anything starts breaking. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Always wait, just wait. Don't yeah. you resist the urge to early yeah. adopt. <laughs> I say as someone was, yeah. who bought a MacBook Pro that when they did the total refresh with the touch bar, I went out and bought that thing the day it was announced. I've been through Oof. three of them. Just Oh god. And Apple's Apple has really good build quality usually, right? And like mm -hmm. really, really wonderful devices. Just wait. Just take a minute. Yeah. 
resist go buy like a go buy a case for your ipad or when or your go or whatever buy a tablet case yeah. hold off don't spend two thousand dollars or whatever <laughs> you're spending yeah there are a yet. lot of ways to spit up your old advice your devices yes. so i think yeah yes. always look to that first well alex thank you so much for joining us thank where you. can we find you on the internet you can find me at gizmodo.com <laughs> Where I am writing about how I really want to eat Baby Yoda, and yes, how yes. I'm I've not... never heard of this website. It's yeah. strange. Where is it? You guys are just gonna bleep, bleep it out, right? Yeah. Every time yeah. I say it, it's just every time beep. that that word. Yeah. So so go ahead and read me at beep, and um, you can find me on Twitter at Alex H Kranz because Alex Kranz is apparently a Russian DJ. And has huh. had my Twitter handle for years. Thanks, babe. See bye. ya. Bye. Microsoft gave us much more than just laptops. They also announced some new headphones. I finally got my hands on the Surface earbuds, and these are a pair of wireless earbuds we saw back in the mm-hmm. fall. Sherlyn, you really liked them, and you were at the hands-on. Yep. Back when we tested them, you found them really comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I seem to recall it didn't quite work as well for me, maybe just because of the the weird tips uh, they're using. Mm. These things are unique because they kind of look like uh, gauges. What do you call them? Gauges, like yeah. those big round earrings, and they fit into your ear in a really unique way. It's kind of like a lip that goes a bit into your canal, and like the rest of it just kind of sits securely outside. Um, I've been testing those a bit, and actually, now that I've been able to find like the ideal fit for me, I think it's the medium earbuds. Mm. Um, they fit really nicely. You know, it is it's very comfortable and it's a weird sensation because it's like it's earbuds without the feeling of having something jammed into your ear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they feel very light as if I'm not wearing anything at all. I just really dig them. This is a feeling I've heard from people uh, who really like the AirPods. Those things never sat in my ears. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's getting me a similar sensation. They sound good. They have some decent controls. If you swipe on the left, I believe you can switch tracks. If you swipe on the right, you can raise the volume. Mm. It's actually really smart for them to separate those two functions because this is a problem I have on my Sony headphones is that vertical swiping and horizontal swiping is very hard to differentiate yeah. on a on a touch surface. So it is really nice to have those on separate two whole separate ears. I no, nah, I still prefer Google's Pixel Buds implementation there, where it's uh-huh. a triple tap or a double tap to skip track on either earbud, and then again on either earbud you swipe forwards for volume control, backward also for for uh, for volume control. That work that works too, but, but then you can't you can't go backwards in tracks. You no, know, you can double double tap for forward, triple tap tap for backwards. Oh, double tap. Okay, which is how Even it works then. on the regular uh, ear pods right. for iPhone too. Yeah, even then, like I feel like the tap sensation, those aren't always registered properly too. So it doesn't uh, yeah. feel when like, there's wind interference yeah, for sure. Strong. It's difficult. Yeah. So the earbuds are fine, and I think what's really interesting is that they're going for fifty bucks cheaper than Microsoft initially announced. Mm-hmm. They're going for one ninety nine instead of two forty nine. That's nice to see. They sound good. They're comfortable. I feel like there may be some reception issues. Mm. I definitely noticed some weirdness. Um, especially, it seems like once in a while. They may pair badly to my phone, mm. and if I hold my hand up to my left ear in a certain way, Mm-mm. they will just cut reception. Mm. I noticed this as I was trying to put Sophia to sleep. Like, if I was holding my head to her, they would kind of lose out a little, like, as if they were being blocked by her body. Oh, no. So it's not a consistent thing, but something I noticed from time to time. And 
these also aren't like very smart earbuds they don't automatically stop playing if i put them down <laughs> they also don't stop playing if i put them in the case and close the case which feels yeah. like basic wireless earbud functionality you know so that's a weird thing I'm hoping these are some things Microsoft can fix uh, with software or mm. firmware upgrades over time. But you'll say, you know, at this point, I am uh, I'm down with them. I feel like they're very good. I don't have the earbuds application that Microsoft is going to release for them. So maybe that'll open up some new functionality. But right now, they're fine. Uh, there are definitely, you know, there's some room for improvement. For me, I think they sound like, uh, I mean, they can be paired with iOS, Android, and Windows. And I think that, yeah, honestly... Yeah, they're just Bluetooth earbuds, yeah. Which is nice. But I think that the mm -hmm. best use case for them is probably when paired with, like, your Windows laptop or, or whatever. Because it, they have deeper integration with Office 365 software, apparently. And mm -hmm. I think... Right now, as it stands out, if we're using iPhone or Android, I would just use the, you know, whatever that parent company made for them. But you've also been playing with another, you know, Microsoft Audio product. This time, actually, a new product that they announced this week. Yeah, they also announced the Surface Headphones 2, which, you know, just like the Go 2, just like the Book 3, uh. they're slightly better. They look exactly the same, except this time there is a black case option. Uh, Microsoft says they sound better than before. Uh, they have better noise canceling. These things are unique because they have these dials on the left and right earbud. Mm. So the left dial can manipulate the amount of noise canceling, which is nice um, because a lot of headphones, even my favorite noise canceling headphones, you kind of have to go into apps mm -hmm. to do that, which is kind of annoying. So I love Sony's WH-1000XM3s. Those are some great sounding headphones with excellent noise canceling. They're much clunkier to deal mm. with. Um, yeah, so there is that. Uh, the other nice thing, I think the nicest thing, is that the Surface Headphone 2 are going for $249 mm. instead of 350 like they did two years ago. Yeah. So that makes them a lot more competitive. The landscape for you know premium wireless headphones is vast. Mm. There's so many options and so many great options. I don't think Microsoft can compete with the likes of Sony and Bose just yet. So going a little cheaper, helps. I think would be will be nice. Yeah, and these, uh, they're all about comfort. So they have really plush, uh, ear coverings. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of space to fit in my ears too, which is nice because I have gigantic ears. <laughs> Microsoft isn't emphasizing the always-on Cortana functionality that was in the first model. Hmm. Um, I was able to pair it with the Cortana app on my iPhone, but it doesn't seem to be doing much. So I got to do some more testing there to see how that works. Yeah, but yeah, at the end of the day, they're good premium headphones with noise canceling from Microsoft. I feel like everybody should have on-device noise canceling, mm. you know, settings. Mm. That'd be a nice thing for Sony yeah, to do. Yeah, that does sound handy. Yeah, they're comfortable, which is really all I could ask for. So around last week, we got some email from Matt from St. Louis asking us what's up with the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. What does my future look like as someone who prefers wired headphones? I don't want the hassle of charging headphones when wired ones are always charged, uh, in quotes. I also don't want to worry about bringing expensive earbuds to the gym where they could get sweaty or lost or both. But here's where the real crisis comes. I listen to podcasts on my commute to and from work each day. I switched from iPhone to Samsung specifically because Samsung, at the time, still had a headphone jack to plug into the aux port of my car. But what happens when I need a new phone? Will I also need to purchase a car that has Bluetooth capabilities? Is it time to just bite the bullet and succumb to our wireless future? Is there any hope of a headphone jack resurgence? 
Um, and yeah. you know that's that's a bleak future for people who prefer <laughs> wire headphones. I'm so sorry. Um, I will say, in my opinion, that there are still some holdouts. You still have some phones here and there that have the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, but by and large, they're going away mm-hmm. or being replaced by USB C. Um, so maybe instead of you know switching to a car that has Bluetooth capabilities, you could invest in a 3.5 jack to USB C kind of a adapter, um, and that might help. Well, there are a lot of solutions for cars too. Like yeah. depending on what you've got, you could replace your in-car radio. You could get one of those like. Like 10 years ago, before cars got even smart, you could plug in like an FM transmitter into into your phone yeah. to transmit stuff to, to cars. Let me just say, Matt, this is exactly what I've been saying. <laughs> I love the three and a half millimeter jack. I love how versatile it's been. The thing is, like, we've gotten to this point where for phones, it doesn't always make sense to plug something in. So I do think a lot of people, maybe most people, you you should probably have multiple pairs of headphones and maybe don't invest in the greatest uh, wireless earbuds. There are a lot of cheap options out there uh, from like Anchor and other companies around 50 bucks. So I would recommend actually getting maybe a more a cheaper pair of wireless earbuds, something you wouldn't mind losing, something you wouldn't like care as much if they get stuck in the wash. And then if you're an audiophile, you know, keep your uh, keep your nice wired headphone around. That thing is still going to be useful, but it's not going to be something you can use easily during your commute. You know, it's not I, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you that there is that kind of scenario and that sort of person that should have different headphones for different occasions. I do think that if you're I mean, Matt did say that he did. He's not into losing his headphones or taking earbuds yeah, to the yeah. gym. Then in that case, I think that. I mean, I don't see anyone wearing wired headphones at the gym anymore just because it's just, yeah, it's weird. You'd be running into equipment and getting all caught (laughs) up. And I've I've fallen just because I got tangled up in the arm of a treadmill with a wired. I I think especially for working out and for the gym, like you you may just have to bite the bullet. There. I, I, like that's where wireless is good yeah yeah matt sorry but the jit for the gym situation you might be better off really just getting the wireless earbuds and, and the vendors right there are affordable options for those cases i would hope you don't lose them or get them in the wash and just completely destroy them but you know i've 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 made the switch i've made the switch to true wireless and it was easier for me because i'm so exposed to all of it but they're just to me such an improvement to my life um, but yeah, for your car scenario, there's ways to still be able to hook it up. I don't think you should go around just changing a car just for the 3.5 millimeter jack. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, certainly. Like the thing is, like I think after a certain point, you're making your life worse mm. to keep you know the jack around. And as much as I love it, I think there are some good alternatives. You know, l- you could still have a great pair of wired headphones, but that's something you may want to connect to an amp at your desk at home or in the office uh, when we have offices again you know there's a place for it but i think the convenience factor of wireless is just what's really selling them and for every case i'd say it wins out um just be really careful with your earbuds Mm. you know Mm. once you start using that for the gym i think you'll notice the difference and yeah charging charging is a way of life unfortunately there are ways to get around that though Thank you so much, Matt, for sending us your thoughts and your questions. We love hearing from all of you. So, yeah, keep the emails coming. The email address is podcast at Engadget.com. And, yeah, send us ideas for what you want us to talk about. (laughs) 
So, Sherlyn, what are you working on these days? Um, I've, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming up that I still can't talk about always, always with the secrets. But I've been shooting a lot of my own videos, um, which is new for me-ish and uh, <laughs> kind of a gateway into that YouTube YouTuber life that I sort of sometimes aspire to. So, yeah, check out the Engadget YouTube channel for all of my homemade videos. They're only okay. <laughs> only okay. Yeah. That's a good way to sell it. Yeah. Every single Surface device I talk about mm -hmm. is also something I'm in the midst of reviewing. Oh, yeah. So I'm just doing four devices back to back. Surface Go 2 review will be going up today as you're listening to this podcast. And you can look forward to my headphones and earbuds and book three review all next week mm. at some point. I feel for you if it sounds like a lot. It's uh, I think it's a good thing just to do them all because I could get a really s good sense of what Microsoft is doing. Mm. And, you know, just like thinking about the book three and what they're doing with those yeah. processors, like that's the value of like, oh, man, this is bad. Yeah. And if I had just farmed this out to, you know, to an, any of our capable engadget writers, mm. it's it's different conclusions that may end up happening. Right. Let's move on to what we're loving mm -hmm. this week or like a pick for our readers. I want to shout out Motherland Fort Salem, which is yet another show I think you really enjoy, <laughs> Sherlyn. This is an alternate right. history show about witches. It's on Freeform, which is a network not many people have. Mm -hmm. But uh, because of the whole new Disney deal, all the episodes are also on Hulu. Like Freeform is part oh. of the Hulu like stuff so this is an alternate history show which is a real and instead of like burning witches at the stake you know during the salem witch trials they formed a pact with the united states government to become like government agents a Ooh. witch army to like help the country so the witches helped uh you know america win wars Ooh. it uh they became like an elite fighting force so this show is about like a military training school basically where these witches go to prepare for service for their country it's weird this show is like buffy the vampire slayer meets like 24 because there's some like weird american nationalism going on but also it seems like to be critiquing the jingoistic like military fervor you see from a lot of these shows it's really interesting, interesting. i like the world building they do some really cool stuff with magic but this show opens with like a, a crowded mall a single blue balloon that grows bigger and bigger, it pops, and everybody in the mall proceeds to commit suicide, Oof. which is in in brittle ways, in like horror movie ways. Yeah. And it's a it's a stunning scene. It's so simple. It reminds me of like M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening, but in a good way, because there are some <laughs> good scenes in that bad movie. Um, but it's this idea of just like simple things that could cause terror. It's making blue balloons as scary as like the red balloon from Stephen King's It. it yeah. Uh, I'm really digging it. The powers are cool. I think the characters are really interesting. And the world building is very like, you know, it's very female centric. This feels like a Buffy side story for mm. sure. Like if Willow, if the Willow storyline had continued, we would have ended up somewhere like this. So I'm really digging it. Check it out on Hulu. Sherlyn, what have you been watching? I wanted to continue my whole like Asian horror film recommendation section, but I'm running into the point where like the films I want to recommend are films that are pretty well known. So I'll shout out The Eyes, the I mean the original by the Pang brothers. I like them. But what I did want to move on to in terms of recommending mm -hmm. for you guys is it's Mother's Day weekend soon. Or if you haven't already bought your mom a gift, or if you want to belatedly make it up to her, Asian skincare, <laughs> Asian skincare, okay. Asian beauty products. <laughs> Honestly, 
I, I, you know, I've been a Sephora girl for a, a while, and and then I, I fell into this Asian beauty subreddit hole, and I just bought a, a bunch of them, and they're just really, really good. I grew up with a lot of these <laughs> brands and products, and I just mm -hmm. for some reason forgot to go back to them. They're just a lot cheaper in general, but still using the good ingredients. And I mean, a lot of the moms love skincare, uh, so you, I mean, I'll always recommend anything. If you want to, you can hit me up on Twitter for some any like specific product recommendation. But look into like look into Asian skincare products. Soko Glam is a website that does them, and ESL ships to America pretty quickly too. So hey, check that out. And for more tips from people who actually know what they're talking about, the subreddit r slash Asian Beauty is a good place to go. Well, that's it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at... At Devendra on Twitter, and I podcast about movies and TV at the Slash Filmcast at SlashFilm.com. If you want to read all about the types of oat milk I love right now, I'm at Sherlyn Lowe on Twitter. Please leave us a review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify. And with that, we're out. I miss you, coffee.